to stay here, that's fine too. Um, if you're forced to stay here because you don't fit in that age group, then guess what? You need to turn your Bibles with me. We're going to be in Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be looking at three verses today. So that's where I want you to go. So if you're new to Mount Salem, or just so that everybody knows we're on the same page, we've just finished going through the Sermon on the Mount. We've also just finished in the last few weeks our 200-year celebration, and uh, we broke ground on a new facility that's going to go on over here next to our fellowship hall right now. Um, we are in the, in the process of what we would call revitalization as we've been going through that over the last few weeks and months. So one of the things that was a part of that was casting and, and beginning to come and see a new vision for this place. God has allowed us to be here for 200 years. Amen? All right. All right. Is there any guarantee that he's going to allow us to be here for 201? None. There's no guarantee that he'll allow us to be here or that we'll be here for 201 years. All right. So we have to realize that we have to be ready each and every day of our lives. But that calls for us to, to be able to see and to engage God in such a way so that we can find out where we're going. All right. Scripture tells us over and over that we have eyes to see. We're going to look at a passage about that in just a few minutes. We have to have eyes to see. If we're walking like this and we're just trying to take each step day by day, are our eyes up or are our eyes lifted up? Our eyes are not lifted up. Our eyes are looking down. We're just trying to make sure that we don't fall over or we don't miss a step or something like that. All right. But we need to have our eyes up as we go out. We need to be thinking about what lies ahead if God allows us, if God tarries before the Lord comes back again, what's it going to mean for Mount Salem Baptist Church? What's it going to mean for our community? Our community is growing, is it not? There are people coming in each and every day, each and every week, each and every month, each and every year into this place. In fact, over the next 10 years, thousands of people should be settling in this area. So in 10 years, if Mount Salem is the same as it is today, we've missed massive opportunities. If we are still in the same place 10 years from now as we are today, we have missed the opportunity to reach thousands and thousands and thousands of lives and to have an impact on this community for the gospel. Now, we may feel good about ourselves, but we will have missed out. So today what I want us to do is we're going to begin a new sermon series talking about, if Clay, can you go on ahead and put the screen up there where it talks about our, our vision. Um, our vision at Mount Salem Baptist Church, and we're going to be looking at that, is a Christ-like life inspiring many believers, all right? That's our vision statement that we have, but we also have uh, this logo that we put up here on the sign about climbing higher, all right? It was on the screen and stuff like this at the beginning uh, when you first came in here. So today what I want us to think about in our theme and, and as we begin looking at what vision means for Mount Salem is about us climbing higher. Now, I want you to think about this physically where you are. For most of us here, the thought of actually climbing makes us what? Uh, we're going, I ain't climbing that. There's a set of steps in my house. I don't want to go up those. I sit at the bottom of the steps at our house and I'll yell for, for 10 minutes at Clay Hunter in his room with his VR headset on just to have him just a gaming, all right? I'll be yelling at him for 10 minutes, Clay, because I am unwilling to walk up 13 steps to go in his door and to actually have a physical conversation with him. 
We don't want to think about having to move like that. Why? Because it exerts for us. For some of us, it's a degree of difficulty for us to have to climb up. And if it's anything like that for you to go up, for me, coming down is just as bad. I'm as bad now about catching the step and falling down those things. I'm going, boy, if I fall down here, I'm going to hurt myself real bad. All right? So we don't want to think about the journey that lies ahead. But that's not what God has called us to. God does not call us to sit and soak. There are times where God calls us to rest, but our job is not to sit in the pew and just soak it all up and then never allow everybody else to try to get it done. Our job is to get our heads up and to have vision for what God has called us to. There's a couple of places in Scripture, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament I want to give you as an example of vision, and then we'll start talking about vision that we have here at Mount Salem. And Moses summoned all of Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and all his servants and all his land, the great trials in which your eyes have seen, those great signs and wonders. Yet to this day the Lord has not given you a heart to know, nor eyes to see, nor ears to hear. All right? Up to that point, he had not what? He had not personally given into them the eyes to see, the ears to, to hear. Right? There was no vision amongst the people. What did God do in the Old Testament so that he would move the nation of Israel? He spoke, but he spoke to who? A certain individual that was like a prophet or something like that. He would pull somebody, speak to them, and then they would go. Why, why was that happening in the Old Testament? There was no what? No Holy Spirit, right, Miss Marcia? No Holy Spirit. Guess what? Now we live in a time and a day of the Holy Spirit. So this is what the New Testament says to us. This is what Christ says. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see what you see and did not see it and hear what you hear and they did not hear it. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples who saw him in the flesh all right, they saw Christ, they walked with Christ. Now we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we get to have this same type of relationship that they were having with Christ through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. So guess what? Just as those prophets of old had eyes to see and ears to hear, just as Jesus' disciples who walked with him every day had eyes to see and ears to hear, you and I have eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, I will tell you this. This is what we do in church life. We appoint someone as a pastor, okay? Maybe God has called him out, hopefully, or, you know, so that they can serve within the church. And as God calls them out and they serve as our pastor, we look for them to give us all of our vision and direction. That is wrong. That is so wrong. I don't have your talents and gifts. I don't have your eyes to see what God has called you to and your ears to hear what he is saying to you. My job is to take the whole of the flock and directionally put us in the right direction so that we might be able to wholly go into being what God has called us to be and growing into what God has called us to be. And you as an individual need to have that kind of relationship with God so that you can have eyes to see and you can have the ears to hear what God is calling you to do, to be a part of that. 
So what we're wanting to do over the next few weeks is to let you see as we lay out the direction that we feel that God has called us to. The direction that we feel God is calling us to, and then you, with your eyes to see and your ears to hear, find out what your part in that is. Because there are things that you do that I do not do. I'll give you a perfect example, all right? Miss Shirley and Miss Fran fix these baskets. These baskets go out to anybody that we go and see throughout the week. You can pick up one of these and go see a shut-in or someone that can't come to church that you may know. You may want to take one and take it to a family and invite them to come to church here next week. You can use this missionally however you would want to. This thing does not fill itself up by itself, all right? So next week, what are we doing? Monetarily trying to get the money together. They go buy every single, bu- you know, all of this. And if you know anything about these two ladies, don't ever get around the Walmart manager with them because they can talk that guy down to nothing, all right? And I can guarantee you in the next few weeks when the school supply rush is over, we're going to have 4,000 notebooks, all right? And they're going to have bought them for three cents a piece, okay? Because that's just what they do. That's how they function. And that's how, so it's not like you're giving for them to be able to go out and spend you know, mega bucks on all this stuff over here. These ladies know how to work it. And they do it. And when we now we have the opportunity. I have bags in my truck. We take them to we drop stuff off at the fire department. When I get out of my truck, they meet me at the door now. What'd you bring us this time? You know? And it's because we have a connection. We have built a relationship with people in our community who serve. Because why? Because we are servants. Now, we have the vision to serve those who serve or to be servants ourselves. They have taken that portion of that vision and have have their eyes to see and their ears to hear as they are answering calling as a part of that. Do you get that? As we grow in ministry, as we grow in students, and as we grow in children, we'll need more people to serve and we'll need more people to help us function on on a daily and weekly basis with that. And we'll move beyond just a vacation Bible school and a few events throughout the year to do different things to be able to reach back out in the community. We've got to have eyes to see and ears to hear as to what God has called us to in that. Individually, not looking around and going, well, this person's on our list, and it says it says that Don Compton's the leader of our children's ministry. So, so Don's got to come up with a bunch of stuff. No, she doesn't. The reality is, is that that's a part for every single one of us. We should be praying for her and figuring out how we can help her. Are you getting this? This is vision. This is hearing from the Lord. This is what it means to be a part of something that's fully functioning, going in the same direction from God. All right? It's not something where a pastor gets up and says, we're going to be this kind of church and we're going to do these things. Because that may not fit our talents and gift set. That may not be what God has called us to. That's not an empowerment of the people. That is a directive from the person. God wants to empower the body to function. The hands, the legs, the feet, the mouth, the eyes, the ears. Everything is a part of that. It needs to be fully functioning for us to be able to do what we need to do and accomplish what God has called us to. So there's certain things that this passage in Philippians tells us about vision, and I want to point that out. Now, I know that a few weeks ago, months ago, we went through Philippians, and we, we touched on this particular passage. So I know we've, some of you 
heard me preach on this in the last year, but man, this really stuck out to me. And I didn't preach on this when we, when we talked about it last time, but I want to speak on it this morning. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so I may lay hold of that which also was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. Is there anybody in this room today that's tired? It's okay. You can raise your hand. All right? My wife has worked me like a dog this weekend. All right? We went out to dinner on Thursday night. It was just you know, a benign little dinner with the family, all right? We're sitting there at the table, and then she and my daughter are like, hey, I think we ought to fix the media room. We got a, a room downstairs that we put a projector in, and we painted a wall. That was all, okay? Do you get, are you following me? It has a projector in it, and it's a painted room, and has a bunch of the rest of the furniture in the, in the house that we won't show publicly to anybody else, okay? So we've stuck it down in the basement, and that's where we go to watch a football game or something like that. That was it. That was it. Well, I'll take that back. We had put one wall up so that they could hang up shelves for all of the movies that they wanted to watch in there on the screen, all right? So on Thursday night while we were eating dinner, they go, it's work on the media room weekend. And I was like, really? I had no idea that I, this was, what does that entail? We're going to put up all these walls. We're going to put down carpet. We're going to put up shelves. We're going to do some stuff so that the uh, insulation is not seen in the ceiling. We're, I'm like, Really? We're doing all this? Yeah, give me the credit card. We're going to Lowe's after we eat, or Home Depot. Guess who was doing all the walls and putting the carpet down? Come on, baby, who was it? No, I was. Eyes to see. I had ears to hear. These were the hands and feet. Are you following me? So this is what I want. If we're going to do this, we're going to do this together. <laughs> Don't look at me and go, the preacher needs to go do this. Because I already have one of those at home, and she gives me plenty of direction. All right? You may have to get in line like everybody else. God has called us to know this, that we are not done. Now, I could have said on Thursday night, it's Thursday, my week's over. I have to preach on Sunday, and I've got Sunday school to teach. I'm not doing nothing else. But I, didn't, I knew better. That's exactly right. There's a lot of us can sit here and say that we're tired. We've been there. We've done that. I'm too old. There's too much of an age gap between me and the person that I, you want me to minister to. There's all these different things. Guess what? These ladies up here that lead us in worship, they still think that I'm a funny fella. Yeah, sometimes. They're in their 20s, and I'm in my 50s, but I can still relate. It's okay. We can do this. We can bridge these gaps. We can pour into somebody else's life who's not the same age as us. We can invest in something and see fruits of it because we give people opportunities. These ladies were given an opportunity a few months ago stand up here on a Sunday morning and do this and look what this has turned into and look how you've responded worship this morning I'm talking legit singing all of you and a few months ago it was like we don't know these songs it's a it's working together molding and shaping is what scripture says that we are being fitted together there is no one here by chance this morning 
You were brought here by God to hear this. And I'm just the messenger. The message is the same. It's the same message. He is not done with us. So the first thing I want you to see is onward. It's always onward. Look what he says. I am pressing onward so that I may lay hold of that which was also laid hold of by Jesus Christ. It's a forward direction. Our job is not to go backwards. We've been here for 200 years. It's very easy to sit and go, well, in the 70s, we did it like this. In the 80s, we did it like this. This building was built here. It was built by my grandmother and grandfather. Somebody's name is on this window right here. And should we ever do anything with this window because somebody's name is on it? Is their family still here? All these different things. We want to honor that, but we don't want to be bound by that. Are you following me? They have gone on to be with the Lord, and we honor them in memory of this. That, that window is there, but we are not beholden to that window. There's no way for us to move forward if we're always constantly going back. So it's onward that God has called us to. Honoring and remembering and cherishing where we've come from. That's what emboldens us to move forward is all of the people who've laid the foundation before us. But God has called us to move onward. We have to pick up the mantle, and we have to go forward. Do you know someone in your life, maybe you can just think of this, don't call any names is what I'm trying to say right here, all right? They just stopped. They just stopped in their life. Something happened, and their life just stopped. They stopped being who they were supposed to be. Maybe it was a tragedy. Maybe it was something that happened to them physically, emotionally. Maybe it's a scar that they couldn't get over. Maybe it was something that happened spiritually. They were hurt in church by some way, shape, form, or fashion. And they just stopped. It's like time stops. It's like everything stops. God has called us to move onward. We cannot stand still. We cannot get trapped by that moment. God has called us to move. Second thing I want you to see is in verse 13. It says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Have you ever read about what Paul endured? <laughs> Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and read that chapter. He's had stuff thrown at him. He's been kicked out of town. He's been left for dead. He's been shipwrecked numerous times. He had all kinds of stuff. He's got some kind of thorn in the flesh that the Lord has left there. And he's, you know, and he's spoken to the Lord three different times about ridding him of that. And he has not done it. That's a, that's a point of frustration right there. If we pray to God three times for something and he doesn't answer, we're ready to just move on, aren't we? There's people leave the church because we prayed three times for something and God didn't answer the prayer the way we wanted him to. But he's endured and went through all of this and he says, you know what? I have not laid hold of it yet. And all that stuff that's behind me, I'm going to forget it. Would you remember the person that threw the rock at you? Or would you forget? Would you remember the people in the town that dragged you out there left you for dead or would you forget 
we're studying Galatians in our Sunday school class. That's written to the first group of churches that he went to on his first missionary journey. Go read about how they treated him. And he's writing letters back to them. He's wanting to go back. He went back to him again on the second missionary journey and saw him again. I'm like, if they threw rocks at me, I'm not going back. How about you? I'm done. I'll find another city. There's plenty of other places, Lord, right? No, I want you to go back there again. He had not laid hold of it yet. So not only was it onward that he was supposed to go because he knew that God was not done with him, that God was calling him to move. It was forward. His direction was always going to be forward. Where are your eyes? Right here. Is that the back of your head like your mama's got them? Your mama's got eyes in the back of her head, right? If you're a mama, you got eyes in the back of your head. I see you. No, you don't. Your eyes are looking that way forward our eyes are in the front of our face on the front of our head why did God do that because our direction is supposed to be what forward now think about that for a second as stupid as that is what if your eyes were in the back of your head you wouldn't have a very good view would you that'd be pretty rough on the back side right there looking at that all day but the thing about it is, is that we would not be able to see where we are what? Going. So when we have eyes to see, our eyes are in the front of our head. It's a forward direction for us to be able to go. That is what God has called us to. God has not called us to what is behind us. Has anybody messed up in their past? Has anybody got any? Got any really? Y'all all perfect and stuff? I'm pretty good back there, you know. No. There are days, are there not? There may be months and years that are back there. And there's a lot of that that we wouldn't want to go back to. But there are, there are some, there are some days that you would go back to. My 25-year-old came to see me this week, where she'll be 25 in November, to spend, day with her, spend the day with her dad, which was pretty neat. I, you know, she came this week to spend time with her father. And the first thing that she said when she walked in the house is she goes, I checked and I called, but Six Flags is closed today, so what do you want to do? Man, we used to go to Six Flags, me and her. She used to get a, an annual pass and would take me in tomorrow with her annual pass and stuff and go to Six Flags. Why? Because Six Flags was what? If it wasn't 900 degrees and on asphalt, it would be a great place, right? I mean, it was fun. We rode roller coasters. We had a great day. She was free food for her. She loved it. That was in her memory bank. I called Six Flags today, but they're closed, Dad. We can't go there, so what fun stuff do you want to do? She remembered that which was behind, and it was a great day. We couldn't go back there, though. Our job was to go forward. I looked at her and I said, honey, I don't even know if I could get on those things anymore. They started jerking me around, you know, those little cups that spin around now. I'd get, what, that, what is that? Vertigo, man. I'd have vertigo. I'd be walking, falling down, you know, all kinds of stuff. So our job is to go forward. Our job is to go onward and not backwards. All right? The third thing is, where did I put that? <laughs> where did I put that? I found walking around like a crazy person today. The last thing in verse 14, it says, 
I press on towards the goal of the prize of the what call? Upward. It's the upward call of God in Christ. It's always up. Eyes are not down. Eyes are up. It's the upward call of God. God's call on our life is always leading us upward. Do you get that? More Christ-like. We're going to talk about that next week. How to be more like Christ. Because it's an upward call. It's not a downward call. God's not trying to drag us down. Tells us over and over in Scripture, his burden is light. We're the one with all the baggage. He says, My burden is light. Pick up mine. Walk with me. Forward, onward, and upward to the high call of Christ Jesus. Now, we've talked about this before. That's a narrow path. I want you to think about something. What's the highest you've ever been? What's the highest you've ever been? Not like, <laughs> not in a paraphernalia sense, all right? All right, at all. Don't, we don't even talk about that. What I'm talking about is physically how high have you been in your life? Huh? You've been that high? In the air in an airplane. All right, there you go. That's, that is high. You were in a compressurized compartment at that point. What's the highest you ever been out in the open? I've been over 10,000 multiple times. Have you, have you ever been over 10,000 feet high? I've been to Cusco, Peru twice on missions, mission work. It's 11, 000, over 11,000 feet in the air. When you get out and you walk, all the kids have on those Gilligan hats. You know what I'm saying? Every child, they go to school. It's part of what's issued to them in school. Sarah's been there with me. And they issue them in schools all the way around the brim hats. Why? Because it's, I mean, the sun feels like it is right on you all the time. I know it's humid here, but I mean, it's like it's searing right in you when you're out there. And you can't walk 15 feet without going... it is that high up. It, the acclimation period for you is huge. Kids are running around, they're playing soccer, and you're supposed to be interacting with them, and you're going, I need a timeout. <sighs> Give me some oxygen. Higher elevations require us to physically lay it down more. Do you get that? The higher you go up, the less you So the higher that you are called upward, guess what that means? Physically, you're not going to be able to do what needs to be done there. When we're down here, sea level, we feel like we can get it all done ourselves. But as God calls us to an upward calling, he's calling us to climb higher. As we climb higher, we are not equipped for that. It has to be more on him and less on us. And you physically cannot get it done yourself. Makes sense, doesn't it? It's exactly what God would call us to. 
God would call us to an upward calling because there's no way that we can physically do it ourselves. That's what Scripture is all about. Whenever we hear about our comfort zone, that's a place where we want to stay. When we get in the airplane and we go to the Rockies to go skiing, and I got off and I went, and we drove, and I was like, this place is beautiful. We got out there that afternoon, and I started skiing with my friend, and by 3 o'clock I was like, or excuse me, at lunch, we had to ski down, all right, to the place where we were staying. We were going to go eat lunch. My legs were shaking. I was that weak. I was going through all of that change I hadn't acclimated. We got to the place to eat lunch. I'm in my 30s. I fell asleep. I slept for three hours. That's how weak I was. I'm like, I just blew all this money to come out here to go skiing, and I'm sleeping. Because I couldn't handle it. I physically couldn't handle it. That's what an upward call of Christ is. He's trying to take you to a place that you physically cannot handle yourself. So when you look at it, and you see it, you go, ain't no way I'm doing that. And he goes, I know that. I can move that mountain. I can make your path straight where all you see is a big climb. I can lift you up. I can take away those burdens and allow you to get there. All this stuff you're carrying, you'll never drag that up that hill. But if you'll go there, that's where I am. We just read about Moses. Where was Moses meeting the Lord? Was it down there at the bottom of the mountain with everybody else? No. When they broke those tablets, I bet you the first thing that went through his mind was, I gotta climb that mountain again. us to go where we cannot get ourselves. He wants to lift us up. We got to have eyes to see. We got to have ears to hear. And then we got to give it over to him. So vision is being the people of God that he's called us to be by allowing God to make us into the person vision is seeing it and knowing that the Lord can get us there. I'll leave you with this. I'll close. I want you to go home for homework and read Hebrews chapter 11. It's called the Faith Hall of Fame. Faith Hall of Fame. It's about all of those who've gone before us and about the steps that they had to take in faith to get to the places that God was calling us to calling us to. But I want you to hear, read something in there, okay? It said that they, that many of them did what they were called to do never seeing the end of what they'd been called to. Abraham, you will be the birth of a new nation. More than all the sand that's on the seashore shall be your descendants. How many kids am I going to have, Lord? One. 
what? I'm old. We're past childbearing years. I'm going to have one child, and you're going to birth that out of that? More than all the sands of the seashore are my descendants going to be? You're crazy. Never saw it. But he's looking down on it now, ain't he? We are all descendants of Abraham. You see, he shows us when we got to directionally go there, we may not see the end of it. I probably won't. We buried that time capsule out there for 225 years. How many of you showing up for that one? Ron's feeling positive today. Y'all keep telling me, well, you can come back here and open this one up then. We're not going to be here. We're going to pass that on to you. And I'm sitting here going, hmm, Taylor's probably going to be the one that's going to be here. I know my gene pool, and it's pretty stinking shallow. If I make it to 75, 76 years of age, that's going to be a minor miracle of the Lord. But there is someone that can be here. And we know it. So we should, though we may not see it open, make sure that the, everything's here for it to be open as best we can. Amen? That's our upward call. That's our high call. We got to step out, step up. Move on. Ready? Let's go to the Lord's prayer. Heavenly Father, we just praise you for who you are. This is a God endeavor, not a, not a human endeavor. It's not something that with our own hands that we can ever, ever see done. Lord, the true purpose of this church all the way to the end, we may never see the fruition of it. But for such a time as this, you have called us to be here in this place on this day. And Lord, may we pick up a shovel. May we stand opposed, and we, may we be ready to do whatever is necessary to be faithful, to finish the course that you've called us to run, to open our eyes and our ears so that we might do that which you've called us to do. Forgive us of our failures. Father, thank you behind us and how it's molded and shaped us. Thank you for all the people before us so that we may build upon what the groundwork that they've laid. But Lord, give us the strength.